Welcome to Crashing Game Night. My name is Matt Diorio. Tonight, musician Jared Fink is Crashing Game Night with us. I welcome in my co-host, as always, Gerard Brewer, as well as our version of a stagehand, Thea Wolski. How's everyone doing tonight? <laughs> What's up, everybody? How, how am I doing, my fellow nerds? Hey, there's doing? nothing wrong with being a stagehand. Stagehands <laughs> do a lot of work. They help things happen. No, no, I don't know. Thank you for everything going. <laughs> so, uh, how you doing tonight, Jared? I mean, I know you've been working in the studio all day today. Yeah, I've been kind of living down here for like the last year of my life, but no, I'm doing good, man. Nice. Well, it's uh, I definitely want to thank you for taking the time out tonight to uh, hop on the podcast with us and um, discuss some, you know, parts of your career as well as you being a gamer, um, which in some ways you play more games than I do sometimes. <laughs> so. Um, everybody plays more games than I do at this point. <laughs> you don't even turn on your PS4. We already know that. <laughs> no, Shut I'm up. a baby, so my time's definitely. <laughs> you and up. I, you and I both with with our young ones. Um, so I want to start off tonight with a little bit of the news. Um, I know we're a big pro- um, proponent of Microsoft and them getting into um, like the able gamer side with the adaptive controller um, it came out this week that they have patented a braille controller for visually impaired gamers. Um, kind of looks like an elite controller with just a braille touchpad on it. So um, I want to give props to Microsoft to continually pushing that barrier um, forward to just give um, disabled gamers another way to enjoy games. No, it's pretty amazing, man. Like that's that's totally next level stuff. Mm-hmm. Every t- every time that I keep hearing about this controller, it makes me think of. Have you guys seen the movie Sneakers? <laughs> Not in ages. In ages, but do you remember? You remember they had. Are you talking about the one with, with had, Robert Redford? Yes. Yes. Oh, I own that. Redford, I that and, they had, and they had the blind guy part of the heist. He was the tech guy he was the he had that like braille he had that braille thing that would like pop up the little uh buttons or whatever so he could read braille for his computer and everything and that i keep thinking of that for the controller and i feel like that would be freaking awesome if it like would say like oh your opponent's doing this move what are you gonna do or this is what the subtitles are saying i think that would be amazing for the controller Mm-hmm. It kind of opens the whole idea of like this like vibration based gaming thing, which I've been reading about for a while. It's this whole different like way of doing, it, which is pretty cool. Like it's a whole different kind of area that I think that no one's really explored yet. Uh, I haven't heard of that. What's the detail on the vibration based gaming? It was this company I was following like three or four years ago, and they were kind of developing along the same lines of like technology for a lot of like disabled or physically disabled gamers and whatnot. And so like instead of like the game being visual, it could be like you're reacting to different vibrations and music-based things, and it was just this whole approach. I think it's pretty cool that they're huh. going that way. You know, it's pretty but I think it's cool. That would be absolutely yeah, a great it is, thing. It is really yeah. cool. That makes sense because that kind of like goes along with with like visually impaired. Like when they're putting money in their wallet, they'll fold it in different ways so that way they know which one they're pulling, things like that. So like certain vibrations oh, totally. respond yeah. to certain actions. Yeah. The tech demo I saw was on Street Fighter Five, and it was just like different punches, oh, different, oh, different oh, vibrations. So you just kind of learn the reaction, like certain. It's like a reaction-based thing instead of you're not playing the game, but you're playing it that way. Right. It's really cool. Oh, that's awesome. I, I wonder if they also utilize like the hearing of the sounds of like the actual game being on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be really cool if we got that, though. I mean, yeah, that's just one extra peripheral that. 
um, gamers have to enjoy games. Because, yeah. I mean, I think we are in a big renaissance for gaming right now with everything going on. Um, this is the time to live for gaming, man. It's probably the best it's ever been. Yeah, I mean, even going back to Super Nintendo era, this is still a better era. Well, I think oh, it's yeah. cool now because that stuff's coming back. Like, we're, we're in the time it where, is. like, remasters. Like, I have this cool uh, HDMI NES that this guy built for me in Asia, and it's, like, playing Battletoads and HDMI where it's not all weird looking on your flat screen. You know, that lag. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, speaking of original games and stuff and remasters, um, it was announced by Capcom uh, yesterday. The original Devil May Cry is coming to the Switch. That's so sick. Um, So they haven't announced if it's going to be just a port of the PS2 game or if it's going to be the version that was included in the HD collection when they did the remasters. Yeah, I bought that and I played through that whole collection. It was pretty cool, man. So I I would guess, especially since you played it, Jared, but I would guess it's just going to be the one out of the HD collection because yeah. I mean, really, do you want to bring a PS2 port? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. And the collection looked really um, good too. It was it was done really well. Yeah, it was done really well. I mean, yeah. and it's, like, dude, they've been up in there. It'd be games. nice for gamers to see that. Yeah, and it'd be nice for gamers to really see like the origin of Dante's story and everything like that to really build it up because this isn't like five's out, right? Yeah. 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 And it's supposed to replenish. Uh, Dante's story because the one before this one was just a completely different story, right? No, it will No, it's it's a complete sequel from four. So Nero is in it, and Dante and Virgil are in it. Yeah, I'm playing so it right it, now. Oh, nice. Everything kind of everything. All those storylines are kind of converging. Yeah, but the but the last one before five wasn't four. It was just Devil May Cry. It was DMC. That was that was supposed to be the reboot. Oh, okay. Yeah, that uh, one is... That's the one I was talking about, yeah. too. It was weird. Like, so, the timeline's off. And I don't know, man. Like, I played the, the piss out of those games, too. And, like, yeah, I, I don't the story ever really, like, stuck with me as much as, like, the gameplay. I was really into just, you know, the action gameplay. Mm-hmm. But, for, for me, it was, like, I think what really sold it was, yeah, the gameplay and the action. But also, uh, what the reboot, I think, was missing was the pivotal character of, like, Dante. Yeah, like that's totally. also what kind of sold it. Like I, I liked the reboot and the whole look of it. I, I beat the game. It was just like it felt like something was missing. So now, like I think that's what everyone kind of said and why they went back to, like Devil May Cry Five. You know, everyone's back. Have you played Five yet? Uh, I've played. Uh, I've, I played a little bit from my buddy's house, but uh, I need to pick it up because I'm, I'm a huge fan. But I'm eventually gonna buy it. I haven't played one since the first one, so <laughs> it just never gravitated with me. I mean, I, I know there's a huge following for him. I just it just not it wasn't something I got, got into. Um, I'm really so. surprised to hear you say that because you I, I I I usually feel like you kind of gravitate towards the like combo based type of fighting games. Mm, uh, kinda maybe with got like God of War and stuff, but you know yeah. Um, All right. So the last little bit of news, too, is that um, EA Access is finally going to come to the PS4 after, you know, chilling on the Xbox for five years. Um, It is going to be five bucks for a month or 30 bucks (laughs) for a year. Um, They haven't said what games will be on it. And they did say, though, that it is not uh, cross-platform. So you are going to have to get a second subscription. 
Oh. Good old yeah. EA sticking it to us all again. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, I think EA is going to get it stuck to him because I saw, you know, right after you and I were talking, Jared, um, before we took a break, is that um, there's legislation being introduced for loot boxes and the pay to win like microtransactions in Congress um, for miners and stuff because of how like Battlefront speaking of EA with their microtransactions and how bad that blew up in everybody's face. That's so I quit playing it. Like I, I totally stopped playing that one because of the microtransactions and then EA got rid of them and then they like brought it back. <laughs> so. uh-huh. And I think EA needing the money, you know, I mean, well wanting the money rather, um, cause they need to keep so FIFA funded. They don't seem um, to need the money. Well, with how bad Anthem did. <laughs> I mean, in, with how bad Anthem did, I don't think they really spent that much money in the first place. <laughs> did you play Anthem at all, Jared? No, I, I avoided that one like the plague. I typically like to stay away from EA <laughs> stuff in general. So. Yeah, I, you know, I'm a huge Bioware fan, so I, I did try it. I was our guinea pig. Yeah. Um, so I, I dropped the full price for it. And uh, yeah, I, I really wanted my money back on that one. No, after so. what they did, the Mass Effect, it was just like, oh my god! So. Oh, Andromeda was awful. <laughs> so yeah, bad. that was my mistake. <laughs> All of our mistake. I think, I, yeah. yeah, I think, I think we were yearning for another Mass Effect so much. Yeah. Like no matter what, I think everyone just like, oh, wait, I'm buying it. I already bought it. Like it's already paid for. Mm-hmm. And then we got it, and it was just like garbage. This huge garb. Yeah. It was, it was along the lines of Fallout 76, man. It was just like, ah. Oh, man. Talk about I was going to ask you about that, Jared, because I saw that on your profile. You played 76. Is it is it as bad as everybody was saying it was? I literally had a place in the main quest, like not even a side quest, like in the main story that's bugged and broken. So until they put out the patch, like I can't go any further because that's stuck. You know, this, like, oh, damn. That is my oh. – that's my love-hate relationship with Bethesda because I was playing Oblivion – and I'd spent 120 hours going and grinding for everything. And then I decided to make, do the main quest. I get to a third mission of the, the quest and it bugged. And one of the two assassins you got to kill never appeared. So my game was toast. <laughs> oh, then, I remember you told me that. Yeah. That sucks. And then, and then with Fallout 3, I had like 80 hours into that game and I was in a cave and I jumped back to avoid an enemy and somehow it landed me like I was in carbonite in a wall and I couldn't move. <laughs> so my 80 hours was like toast. So I was like, nope, I'm done. Um, <laughs> love you, Bethesda, but no more. <laughs> to give it credit though, like 76, man, the idea is awesome like the online like it's kind of like i mean it's 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 fallout if it was everyone could play online together so the, the idea is there but the world is just completely devoid of like npcs and life and like the lag's terrible so it's like it's just avoid it man but i think that when they finally get there that that game's going to be awesome it, it's kind of like a no man's sky where it's like the promise was just amazing but it was just complete garbage when they gave it to us i feel like they were just trying to make uh fallout kind of be seven days to die you know mm. over again just to try Total. to do that yeah. but they just like royally failed at it so jared let's let's talk about the this uh nice budding career of yours um okay you know going back um your first your first album <laughs> was <laughs> uh first album was what 2012 yeah um and you've been um your latest track that you just dropped 
um, home on the 22nd. So good, by the way. Yeah. So good. Man. Thank you. So, yeah, and that's the, the funny thing is, Jared, is like these guys, it was like when we're talking about having you on and stuff, they immediately went and started listening to your music and grabbing tracks and whatnot. And um, I can say that my uh, my funds have helped your track chart with those of Imagine Dragons and Panic at the Disco and, and everything on iTunes, which how does that how does that feel? I mean, honestly, dude, it's like pretty incredible to because it, my my fan base is super organic. Like I'm I'm really into like social networking and gaming and twitching and all that kind of shit. And, that, and like that's where like most of my support comes from. I got signed to like a label in 2012, and I've kind of been like in that bubbling indie scene for like the last five or six years, and uh, just kind of trying to find like my own voice and my own home. And I started out like kind of super acoustic and was really Americana, like kind of like a Tom Petty type dude. And now I'm like kind of getting into this. Kind of, I'm thinking like the cure meets the killers, like kind of synth eighties future totally nerd laser like killers vibe. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. It, it's just cool because, you know, as, as my stuff has like kind of grown on its own, like I've met other people and it's just turned into this thing where I'm like collaborating with people all over the country. It's so like that song home that I wrote, I wrote that with Stephen Solomon and like he wrote, James Arthur's hit Say You Won't Let Go, which was, they had a billion streams last year. It's the biggest songs of the year. And like, that all came from just like writing and being in the rooms. And it's not like label hookups or it's just like friends. And it's like, my whole thing is super uh, this podcasty. (laughs) (laughs) But some of the best stuff comes through collaboration, though, in in all forms. Yeah, man. I mean, it wasn't Lennon or McCartney. It was Lennon and McCartney, right? I mean, I think everything happens better because I feel like every writer has like their little box of tools, you know, and like you keep using the same tools over and over again. You get around other people and and it just kind of makes you think outside what I would normally do. So how was it touring with the likes of Daughtry and Christina Perry, Edward McCain and, and Sister Hazel, just to name a few? I mean, touring for me is like the greatest thing on earth because I, I like to eat food and I like to talk to people. So I get to do that like kind of all over the place, <laughs> little weird cities and, and meet people. But it, it's always like interesting, you know, like there's some really cool super groups out there and there's some really douchey super groups out there. And like you usually find out, you know, right away, like where you at are in the mix or where you're at in the mix. You know, I've been on tours with like, OK, man you're going to be like four dB lower than us. And like you only get red and blue lights tonight, bro. And you're like. Okay, man, cool. And then there's some guys that like, okay. you know, like like Sister Hazel was one of those guys like, hey, we want you to sound as good as you can. Like, we don't care. We're our thing. You know, and it's like that whole, there's just different mentalities. So it's always uh, a new experience, but I think it's been a really good one for me so far. Like, I've only had a couple of those like red and blue light nights. So, <laughs> And I think Have it's you funny you mentioned any, that. Like, weird before Oh, What's I was going to say, it's funny that you mentioned that, too, is like the whole like red and blue lights and stuff like that is because there's been concerts like I've been to a couple like Nickelback concerts where the opening act like they didn't really get much stage lighting. Their sound was lower. But then we went and saw Jerry and I went and saw um, Andy Grammer when he was out here in Virginia um, and his his two opening acts were um, Josie Dunn and John Splitoff, and they sounded fantastic. It was like he yeah. didn't care. <laughs> He's one of the good ones. Like I've, I've played with him too. And he's a really, really good guy. He's one of the ones that like, because he kind of came up 
the right way. Like, like the music industry, it feels like there's two distinct populations. There's all the dudes that like had tons of money and kind of paid their way into it. And there's like the guys that like lived on the street and ate garbage and then like kind of met other people that didn't suck and tried to build it that way. And Andy came from that side of the camp and every show I've ever played with him, he's, he's the same way. He's like, I want you to sound great. Here's the sound guy. You know, it's super. Yeah. And I love it. every time I've seen him in concert, it's been great. With that is, do you have a favorite group you've toured with thus far? I mean, Sister Hazel, I think, was the was the most fun. I just because of interactive fans and, and like bring them into like my little world and family. I, I remember we were playing at like a house of blues in Orlando or something, and and uh, the line was around the building, and like we were there a couple hours early, and like they bought pizzas for everyone waiting in line, and like wow. went out, oh, camped, wow. and then they just like hung out for the two hours with everyone standing out. I mean, that kind of shit. That's like, I, I think it was cool to see that you know. It's just a different way of doing things, and they kind of like they really appreciate the fans. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's like you just said, like your dollar helped me get on that chart, and it's true, man. It's like every single person that buys my single for a buck lets me make a song. And it's been every every track I've listened to thus far. It's great. It's like okay, next paycheck, it's going to be A, B, C, and D. <laughs> you know, so slowly, slowly amassing the catalog um, here and there, and um, like we've talked about is like. There's so many, so many songs that I think you can tell your your sound has grown too, from where you were in the beginning back, you know, 2012 to now, um, especially in your your growth with that, and um, you know, you you did new kids. Um, I gotta say the that remix that you worked with with that group over in the UK was fantastic. Yeah, those guys are amazing, and it was a really weird circle how that thing happened, but like. I've known Daniel, um, who was in Sea Waves for probably five years, and I didn't know he was in a band. And then I got signed. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I got signed to this pub deal, and they were like, "Hey, you know, we want to remix New Kids. We have this band from the UK." And so they like hooked us up on a podcast. Like Daniel, he's like Jared, and I'm like, "Hey, dude!" <laughs> like, oh, small world. Yeah. I didn't even know you were in a band, but yeah, they killed it, man. They're they're a, they're a pretty big deal over in the UK and they do a lot of uh, like TV. And if you listen to all their stuff, it's all real thematic. Like even that remix, it's these heavy mm-hmm. drums and kind of like feels like you need to grab a katana blade and go charge the field or something. But that's what I was going <laughs> for. It was like supposed to be this kind of battle cry, pissed off song. And, and mm-hmm. you know, that's what I was going for. So hopefully. Yeah, and it's so how did it end up being that New Kids was released for in conjunction with the anti gun violence charity everytown.org? Well, that's why I did it. Like when I wrote New Kids, it was definitely, I mean, if you listen to it, it's a suit. I've always been, you know, a civil rights advocate and all that kind of stuff's really important to me. And so New Kids was a civil rights song, you know, and I felt like the political climate currently was, you know, we don't need to get into that too much, but it just wasn't uh, something I believe in. You know, I'm, I'm very for equality of like every human on earth. And so when we wrote that song, that was what it was for. And all these school shootings, you know, that are just, I mean, I think we've had 17 or 18 already this year. And yeah. like, it's, it's absolutely insane. There's just another, another kid that one of the Columbine kids died, right? Like we found out two days ago. And yep. so mm-hmm. uh, every town is, is obviously kind of like leading the charge of that. So I just, we reached out to them and I was like, Hey man, I'm doing this remix and I'm just going to like give you guys the, the proceeds for it. Like use it as kind of like a battle cry rally, you know, for your stuff to like raise awareness. And that was, that was the whole reason for it. So like they just took it and ran with it and, and I just, 
you know, that was what we wanted to do to kind of try to contribute a little bit, you know, as much as I can for my like small soapbox. So, mm-hmm. so fantastic. Uh, with, cool, man. Yeah. With, with that being said too, is, is like with the work with the charity and everything and you also being a parent, you and I both have kids about the same age because <laughs> Harper is what two? Well, uh, 15 months, yeah. months, 15 yeah. months. Okay. So, Cody's older. Cody, my son will be two in, in July. So, but so when you see news of what happened in right, how does it make you you feel not only as a parent but also someone that's working with that with a charity like that? It's terrifying, and that was like part of the driver for it, man. It's like we're, we're talking about putting guns in teachers' hands and like all these kids that are killing each other, and then it feels like like I grew up on a farm, you know, and like I grew up with guns. I've been shooting my entire life. A lot of people don't know this, like a really small town. Like I rode horses and butchered cows and drove combines and all that stuff. And uh, like I've been shooting my whole life. And I think that this whole narrative that you have to like be anti-gun to also think that we need restrictions is bullshit. I think you can be a responsible gun owner and also realize that we need mental health background checks and things like that. Like you can agree with both sides. There's this middle. Oh, yeah. Like people talk about. And I, I feel like that was the biggest problem because the second you say anything about mental health, universal background checks, or closing the gun show loopholes, or all these things, like it's this knee jerk reaction from the other side. Like they're taking away our liberty and our right. Like, no, man, we're just like, it, if you're a responsible gun owner, like you can, nothing's going to change for you. Like if we close right. the gun show loopholes or mental background, mental health checks and background checks, that's keeping people that shouldn't have guns already like nothing's changing right. for the, you know and so that whole conversation was is something i think that just needs yeah, to happen it's just a reflex to automatically things like oh i have you're against my second amendment rights or whatever like that rather than like this compromise in order to meet in the middle it's always just it drastic highs on both sides but it's sides. it's also it's, it's also like, strong you're on the wrong other side. and i'm right and yeah yeah it's on both sides it, but it, it's it on both sides but it's also strong on the other side for those people who don't understand who have or who have never held a gun who are automatically no take them away yeah. or or yeah. like or full on against mm-hmm. it but it's for those people who just don't understand who should also have the knowledge as well but on both sides both need that equal amount of knowledge to where they can make a, an informed decision. So I totally agree. Yeah. That huge ed- education gap. And yeah. it's, it's crazy that it's like easier to get a license than it is. Like before I got my first record deal, I was a mental health professional. I worked as a shrink in Washington and I like worked with disabled, basically everyone on Medicare and Medicaid. I had a specific population and I had a couple of schizophrenics, one specifically that, uh, couldn't get a license like he could not drive but he went to a gun show and got two guns and brought them home and shot his trailer park up you know and like we had oh to put it yeah. i mean it was, but it's the, those kind of stories are stuff that you hear about and you're like why is this why is this so off like why is it so off like th- there should be some kind of accountability to hold something that can kill people you know and then the semi-automatic stuff it's like you know I, like i said i grew up on a farm hunting like i'm not shooting gaggles of deer like you shoot a deer yeah so like you know <laughs> There's just I just feel like the conversation needs to be able to be had at the table with both sides being respected. <clears throat> so there's people that don't know anything about guns that just like take them all away and like we got to educate them. And there's people like that own guns that think that their rights are being thrown away and like we need to talk to them too. And like everyone needs to have this kind of common understanding because there has to be a middle path because our kids yeah. are shooting. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. And, but at the same time, there there's, there's so 
many people that are not willing to have that conversation. Because like a couple of years ago, uh, school there was once again on either side. Colorado, there's a school in Colorado that actually held a a class for guns. Like they brought guns into the school and educated the kids about the guns gun safety how it works and everything but like they were completely supposedly out of line completely like i can understand if they didn't run it by the parents or anything but i feel like that's the things that's causing issues at times because like people are trying to have that conversation but they're getting shut down yeah well i think it it's sad for me because some of the most telling pictures even from yesterday are second graders sitting there terrified but then also one of the kids making a comment that saying, oh, we prep for this every year. <laughs> I mean, to quote Gabby Gifford, the former um, representative from Arizona, is that schools are supposed to be the safest place yeah. that we send our kids. And we're sending them to basically a battleground. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, something needs to be said because I think – you know, for for Theo now and, and me up until last year was we live, you know, what Theo that's what, 30, 45 minutes from that whole 20 mile radius where everything's happening oh, yeah. in Denver. Uh, yeah. About 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, like, it was 15 minutes from where I was at with the whole scare with the uh, woman that wanted to re- reproduce Columbine. She was like a fanatic mm-hmm. of Columbine. Yep. She flew in like got like a shotgun and like two other guns within a half hour of arriving. And like, mm-hmm. there was this huge manhunt for her, like all the schools yep. shut down in all of Colorado for the day until they found her. And like, yeah, it was crazy. Wow. Yep. So definitely, I mean, one for me, Jared, it, I love the fact that that was one of the things you did though. You know, you're saying, Hey, let's, let's start that conversation. Cause a lot of artists will look at that as going, well, if I say one thing, then I may lose, you know, no, a, I did. a listener I did. base. I had a, I had a mass exodus. Like when I, when I put that song out, like my Twitter dropped like 20,000 people and like almost instantly. It was oh, crazy. Wow. And I, the amount of hate mail and message, like I, I actually got banned from Facebook for two weeks because I had a KKK group targeting me and they like reported me as a Russian spy so like I had to take pictures. What? Yeah, this is real. I had to take what? pictures from Facebook, like holding this piece of paper with this code they sent me, and I'd be like this, and then my uh, my social security <laughs> card, my license, and then all this other garbage, like political ads. Like it was insane. So holy I, crap! They there's no doubt that there's this like <clears throat> group of people that is that are like activated, you know, that are pushing this kind of NRA lobbyist movement of pro gun and anyone that like kind of speaks out, like they target you right away. And like, they came right after mm. it was like the day that song launched my, my shit just blew up. Mm. Wow. So that's, that's the world. Yeah, we live. It, We're it all is. polarized. Man. Yeah. It, unfortunately it is like nobody can really have an opinion without being attacked. Yeah. Mm. Or, or having like intelligent discussion, you know, like yeah. we should, we should be able to talk. We all got to live together, you know? <laughs> right. So let's talk about a, a, a little bit of happy news for you. Um, the salon um, chain Haircutter, you making you their feature artist. Yeah, that was awesome, man. Right. And that was just like something that came in through my manager. was like, hey, are you interested in this? I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And 
we sent them some songs. I did some interviews and like they play it in all 1100 locations, like every hour for, for 30 days. It's insane. It's like 90,000 plays a week. Nice. Wow. And what's yeah, funny that's is a good I, deal. I did some research. I had never heard of the chain before. I've got I, one that's, I've got one right across uh, the street from me. But they own <laughs> these other chains. Like that's what it is. Like I had never heard of it either, but they own like Regis and all these other, they're like the conglomerate of all these like swans. Uh, so, really? Yeah. Wow. Man, yeah, that's Jerry, great exposure. That's right, awesome. right across the street, over by like Buffalo Wild Wings and all that, over by my place. Oh, you visit like at least <laughs> once a week, almost, and you you still didn't notice. <laughs> well, Dang! Open your clip. eyes, man. Open your hey, eyes. My sports clip is right over there. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, I don't know. I've never heard of it either. So I mean, whatever. <laughs> but it gets your sound out there more yeah, and, yeah, and, and, they're great. and they put me on their website they tweet me out all the time like they did this okay. whole interview that they actually play in the salon like every hour there's this whole like 20 minute thing that i'm just rambling about horse shit and uh, it's it's pretty awesome <laughs> Cool. And it awesome. is. It was funny is you you talking about them tweeting you out is because uh, when we follow you on Twitter and stuff, it was like it literally they they post like whatever they're playing you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty it's entertaining. Um, so so let's talk about you know that that work life balances. How is it balancing recording, touring, and home life? I mean, it's awful because I'm kind of a OCD workaholic. So like, I'll sit in the studio 20 hours a day. If, you know, my wife doesn't come and drag me out, but, uh, you know, it's, it's all right, man. Like I'm right now I'm doing a record with this uh, kid from Boston right now. And, uh, I just, you know, I do a lot of production when I'm not touring, when I'm out touring, you know, I do is when I do a lot of my writing, um, you know, the balance, it's, it's hard. There's no doubt because, you know, I, I, I constantly working. Yeah. No matter what, you're always working. Yeah. In one way, shape or form. Yeah. It never ends. And so, like, playing video games is usually, like, 2 o'clock in the morning until, like, 5. <laughs> <laughs> the real gamer hours. The real gamer hours. <laughs> is that when you uh, platinum Sekiro? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that game. Holy shit. Kudos, man. by the way. I, I, like, I have been going back and forth on getting that game, and, like, I want to get it. And it's because it looks so interesting to me. And, yeah, kudos on platinuming that. I can't even believe how tough that was. It's hard, man, but I'm a FromSoft, like, like super nerd, like Dark Souls, all those series, Bloodborne, and, and like, I've played the piss out of all those games. I'm just a huge, huge fan. I'm a huge fan of them, but I don't know if you guys remember the game Tenchu from back in oh, the day. Yeah. So that's yeah, what's yeah. See, I found this out, like, just doing some research into FromSoft, but, like, they're the original guys that, they did Tenchu, right? Like, that was their first game, and then they kind of, like, fell off the map, and they came back with all this Dark Souls stuff, and then Sekiro was the Tenchu successor, like the official successor to Tenchu. And then like, for whatever reason, they titled it different, but that's why it plays exactly like that. Like it's totally got that whole vibe going on. Plus it's mixed with some like Bloodborne Dark Souls pairing stuff, but it's, it's amazingly difficult. Like it's probably the hardest game I've played since some of like the early Nintendo stuff. It's, it's insane. Oh, wow. But it's worth it. I mean, it's, it's crazy good. (laughs) So with you kind of not being the whole big achievement and platinum person as you've posted on your some of your stuff is what made you go for the platinum? I I mean I just wanted to, you know. Like most of the from stuff, like I just finished Dark Souls remastered, I got the platinum on that, I did the platinum on Bloodborne. So I've been trying to just go through all their stuff and get them. Oh and wow. 
I think it matters to me on like games that are like that matter to me, I guess. Like I, I don't just like grind garbage out. Like when I first got my Xbox, I was like renting all the stupid games. I don't know if you guys remember those lists where it's like easy games for a thousand achievement points. Yep. Or whatever. So like yeah, I yeah. it for like six months to get my gamer score up. And I was like, man, this is really dumb. Like I'm playing all these <laughs> games that are like, so I just kind of got off that whole train, you know, but Sekiro is one. I was like this, this, they put so much time into developing and the arts, just mm-hmm. incredible the music's insane. The combat's maybe the best combat I've ever played in my life. So it's like, I wanted to I mean, really uh, explore it all. And that turned into like some weird obsession. And yeah, I finally that's got always been, that's always been kind of my mentality. Like if I truly love the game, like I will try Like if it's doable, I'll try and do it. Like my first, my very first platinum was Assassin's Creed two. Only because, like, I could not stop playing that game, and I really loved it. And that was my first one. I really liked the first two of those, Assassin's Creed 1 and 2. Yeah. I kind of fell out of love after that. You know, and I I could never get into the series with 1 and 2. I just, like, 1, it just was too repetitive of the same stuff, it felt like to me. But what got me really into Assassin's Creed was Black Flag. I never played Black Flag, so maybe I should. Black Flag is fantastic. I I love the whole pirate aspect to it. Um, that was just, probably was one a, of my favorite ones of the series. I, yeah, to be a pirate, I, mean, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, I, I even went as far as like trying to get all of the, like the songs around the world because they because then you can play the songs on your boat as mm-hmm. your crew is like doing their job. <laughs> it was like it just made it like Pirates of the Caribbean to me. Yep. <laughs> and they're singing like Yo Ho. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was awesome. Great. <laughs> So I ended up, uh, PSN had a sale where um, Origins was like 20 bucks. So I picked that up. So I'm going to play, start playing through that now that I'm done with God of War. God of War was great, uh, man. I, I finished that one up too. That was a good one. I, yeah, it was. I, yeah, I did a. I, I finished the entire game. And uh, because of Matt, I'm going to go back and, and replay it <laughs> because I. Because he I, doesn't the, like the fact that the I platinumed plat- it. Yeah, but I the platinum is doable. <laughs> like the platinum's doable. And I, I did not finish it. Like, I finished the game, but not the Platinum, so I'm going to go back and do it. I thought that game was great, except every time I had to chisel a door, I wanted to, like, scream at someone because it was just so obnoxious and so oh, unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> it was that, it's like that one little, like, mini yeah. puzzle game, but it's so repetitive that we're like, come on, man, just let me open the door. Like, let's go. And we and know it's our store. And if you didn't strike it in the right spot, it's like all of a sudden you got to restart over. Yeah. <laughs> apparently you don't even have to do it. Like I got the platinum too. And afterwards I read on this blog that you can turn that shit off. You don't even have to do it. Wait, oh, what? really? Yeah. I mean, that's what I read. I don't know. Maybe someone was trolling me. <laughs> I might have to look at that. Cause yeah. that would have made things so, so much. Then you can just like knock it and then go through. Yeah. Wow. That'd be so much better. So yeah, those, the archangel fights, whatever they were called. Those are really cool. Valkyries. The Valkyries. Oh, yeah. 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 Valkyrie fights. Yeah, it took me it took me a little while to get the queen figured out. And then once I figured out the pattern and had all the armor and everything set up, it was it was pretty quick. I mean, you should play uh, Dark Souls and Sekiro then. I think you'd like it. It's kind of it's, it's in that same world for sure. For I never got into Dark Souls. I did pick up Bloodborne. Um, we had um, the director of Drive Club, Paul Roshinsky, on um, about a month or so ago, and he was recommending you know, all of their stuff. So I may try to go back and play Bloodborne again. Um, even though that I game, I definitely think I'm going to get Sekiro. I've been wanting to play that and like, it just looks great. It's so good, man. But yeah. it, I mean, I'm not joking. It's hard as hell. 
Like you're going to oh, die. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, time. like you, I, I played Ninja Gaiden. I played Tenchu. I know all about like dying, having to start over, yeah. like be, being stealthy and stuff like that. So like I'm, I'm keen to those old school games where yeah. like, okay, this is my 20th time dying. Like what did I do wrong? Like It's kind of got a little Bushido blade in there too. I don't know if you remember that one, but a little bit of that. Oh, okay. So I got to ask you, are you team Xbox, PlayStation, or Nintendo more? I mean, I'm definitely a Nintendo fanboy because, like, that's what, like, started me. But, I mean, these days, man, I, I'm just, like, a gamer. Like, I think when I was a kid, I hated Genesis people because that's what I was trained to do. All those things. Like, my friend had Aladdin on Genesis. Like, mine is a sword. You have the stupid Nintendo one. You know, whatever. I mean, those are still, like, some of the best franchises of all time for me. Mario, Zelda, Metroid, like, Star Fox, all that Smash Brothers, Mario Kart. Like, that stuff's still, like, my jam. It'll probably always be my jam. Like, every time a new Mario comes out or a new Zelda or, like, it just announced the Prime stuff, they're going to release that. Like, that's going to be sick to play through I, that. Yeah. I hope that's true for the holidays. Pre- Cause I, thought it was a, I don't know if it's holidays, but it's officially coming out, though, right? It's still rumored. Nintendo hasn't said anything about it officially, but it was in that same mm. um, when Link's uh, Link to the Past was put out by you know people showed the screenshots of the Best Buy computer system. Yeah, Metroid Prime Trilogy was in there, so it's got a skew. Um, I I hope they do it do a good job with it. Um, I kind of hope they don't force like they did with the. Um, when they brought trilogy to the Wii U and they, they kind of force overlaid um, or even on the Wii too is when they force overlaid this, the Wii controller onto prime where you have to actually like hold a button, select on screen, what beam weapon you want. And, and oh. then you can keep going with it. Oh. It was horrible. And it was like, well, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Let me go dig up a GameCube and just go play Prime the way it's supposed to be. Um, <laughs> I am so not into the motion controls. I will say that I, I hate them. I absolutely hate motion controls. I just oh, want to switch my, uh, for any of them. I just want to sit on my ass and do this. Yeah, That's all I do. I don't want to do this. Hey, I will agree with you on that one, but I will say so. They did a really good job with Metroid Prime Three, though, with the motion controls because it wasn't really fully where you had to do. You could just sit there and just kind of. No, the aim yeah. thing was okay. Like, I think I could. Oh, the one caveat is I'm okay with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Agree. I, I agree too with most of the games. Like, like Odyssey, you, can, you like if you really wanted to manipulate using the hat, you had to use yeah. the the two. Like, I'm I'm more yeah. of a controller guy, but I think it depends on the game. Like, uh, I I do like playing Pokemon, so let's go Eevee. I do mm-hmm. like. The controls. Well, that's good. Like, yeah, it's good. Oh, I yeah, it's good. Out of Pokemon Go. So, like, oh, oh, if you like Pokemon Go, you'll you'll like you'll like Let's Go Eevee or Pikachu, because it, it's 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 around the same realm. Like when you're trying to catch the Pokemon, it's literally like Pokemon Go, only uh, you can have a character and you're going around playing an actual game. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's I just cool. didn't like having to do this though with the. <laughs> The switch, you know, that, not playing with why, the Yeah, that's why See, I, I never it, had to do that with my. No, switch. I keep it like, docked. I, I never had to do that in order to find or move the thing around in order to line it up yeah, when it was just purely on controller. Yeah. I mean, like, like but I, 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 I still have fun with my little like ball that I can toss at them or whatever. Yeah. 
you guys in the Pokeball, I swear. Yeah. So it really is a lot of fun. <laughs> Jerry, did, did you get the Pokeball? I didn't think you got it. Oh, I got it. Oh, okay. yeah. I wanted my view. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted my view. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome yeah, it's, seeing you fly behind you while, while you're walking around in the game. Oh, it's super awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had, you know, I never was ever a huge fan of Pokemon, but I did. It was fun. But I kind of got bored with it after a while. Um, however, that being said, I will go see Detective Pikachu. Oh, I'm excited, man. Oh, I can't wait. Yes, man. I'm going tomorrow. Okay, so I saw something online briefly. Like, Ryan Reynolds recorded a bunch of R-rated, like, lines. Did you, did you yes. see this, too? No. <laughs> yes. Like, what, what's the deal with that? Easy. Oh, God. Because hopefully, it's Ryan Reynolds. Hopefully, when it comes out digitally, maybe there's an R-rated, like, yeah. that would be awesome. <laughs> Or they do like the reverse of Deadpool two. It's like yeah. oh, a re-release and it's an <laughs> yes. R-rated version. <laughs> that would be awesome. So, Jared, with as much as speaking of movies, with as much as you've been recording, did you get to go see Avengers? I haven't yet. Oh, oh no! That day. I would definitely say go see it on the big screen. Yeah, sorry, three thousand. I'm definitely gonna go. I mean, I just have not had any time to like, and it was like sold out here, and I was just like, I'm just gonna wait. But I don't like. I have such a love hate relationship with those movies because I'm such a comic nerd too. That like the way that they Civil War was like a really bad deal for me. But um, I think I think if I if I look at the movies kind of like in their own world, there I really like. That's, that's kind of what I have had to, to do. Yeah. Like, yeah, and and. I'm the same way. I was the same way. I'm a huge, like I followed a lot of the Marvel comics and, and I could eyeball like, uh, they took it from this or like, but they do leave a lot of like Easter eggs kind of paying homage to the, to the comic books. Totally. But that's the one thing like I kind of had to like, let go was like, this is their own thing. Yeah. And they're taking inspiration from the comics. I know I'm looking forward to more of the Disney stuff though. I am too, man. Like the Punisher, I thought was really good. I thought that that series was really good. Um, but they they pulled that off Netflix, and they pulled everything yep. off Netflix now, right? Yeah, actually, because well, they just uh, announced they did just announce they're they're doing a final season with Jessica Jones. Oh, one more season. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, they already had that film. It was in post production when they pulled uh, Luke Cage and uh, Iron Fist. Yeah, that was a good move. Well, I think part of it is that Disney's contract with Netflix expires at the end of the year. Yeah. Well, they're watching their streaming service, too. Like, that's yeah. a big so they're Oh, yeah, Disney Plus. Yeah, Disney Plus. And they're they're putting in um, a lot of their own their own stuff, like uh, Hawkeye is getting his own. Yep, Hawkeye and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be um, WandaVision. It's Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon and Winter yeah. Soldier are getting yep. their own. And then WandaVision and then um, Hawkeye. Yeah. And so. then one that I am super anticipating, The Mandalorians. Yeah. No one? Really? Boba we'll Fett, see. Jango Fett, like, super we'll awesome, see. man. <laughs> I'm, a super, I'm a super nerd for Star Wars. That's fine. <laughs> I can't wait. Man, I, I, God, I don't know. Like, I was so disappointed with the Last Jedi that, like, I've been having a hard time. I'm still recovering, really. So I'm interested to see how J.J. Abrams retcons some of that stuff because he's already said he's going to. Yeah. I, I, 
hope so, man, because it's like this is this is what you're doing to Luke, dude. Seriously, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I appreciated cast, and then no. I, I I appreciated the the last Jedi. I thought. I took it as like okay, we're seeing more more in depth nature of the Force, but that was it. And I was like, they really should have done more. Yeah, but yeah, I took it for what it was worth. And then we had a final like awesome fight at the end, and that was it. Like I like Rogue One, I thought was amazing though. Like yes, when that came out, oh that was so good. This is what we need. It's like yeah, that Vader scene, man. They need, oh. a, they need two hours of that. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. The mo yeah, the moment like it tied in for with New Hope, I was like, oh my god, this is the scene. This is like the scene. This yeah. is, it was epic. And I loved how yeah. like slow and like real it felt. Like like I felt like a lot of the prequels and, and even some of seven, like they had too much of the CG and it was too fast and flashy. Like Star Wars always felt like heavy and real to me, like like the four, five, and six. And like Rogue One kind of felt like that again, like it felt mm-hmm. like they were yeah, because yeah. they use a lot of practical, like, a practical, uh, like Star magic. Like even even some of the alien-looking guys, they were like in yeah. prosthetics. Yeah, like that. That's yeah. what's so great about the originals is like they had to use prosthetics and practical like stuff, and uh, that's what they like need to go back to. Mm-hmm. But it's getting more and more. That, but they did that for Last Jedi on that um, the casino planet. Like everybody was in prosthetics for that. Yeah, for those, those scene. And it was a beautiful and it scene. Amazing. Yeah, it looked beautiful amazing. Scene. Completely pointless. Like twenty minutes of my oh. life. Oh, yeah. why, they, why are we even on the casino? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it looked great. But, the whole the whole point I, was I, to get arrested and see Belize yeah. del Toro. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> like what? I, mean, I can't. I really can't wait to see what like some of. the the behind the scenes stuff for the scenes with Carrie Fisher that are it, that are definitely in the trailer. And I can't wait to see what it is in the movie. Like how, yeah, how they, one, how they did it. Yeah. It's, so it's probably actually, something like with the, with the Paul Walker thing for fast yeah. and furious, but I, I just would really like to see what they're going to do with Carrie, Carrie Fisher and just kind of see who's really doing that for her or if they no, actually planned that nobody. far ahead. It is un. It is um. It was unused. It's completely footage. CGI. No, it was unused footage from um uh-huh. Force Awakens. Interesting. Yeah, oh, Force Awakens and last. Yeah, they had basically unused footage that they're using for it. Yeah, that disappoints me because mm. that makes me think it's on the cutting floor, uh, the, the cut mm-hmm. floor then, because that it was only for the trailer. Yep. It's not in the movie. So that disappoints me. I will say this: I am excited for the new Star Wars game. Yes, this is what we needed. <laughs> Absolutely, I can't wait. Yeah, no, it looks sick. I mean, yeah, yeah. And it and it makes me sad that EA decided to do EA Play on that Saturday and Sunday before E3 because they're going to have gameplay on the for it. So <gasps> people actually go play that. Yeah, really, I mean, and I, it's not going to be at E3. No, because EA is doing their own separate thing. They're not going to be on the floor again. Everybody's doing their own thing. Like yeah, there is no like actual sucks. E3 anymore. E3 yeah, is no. dying. It really is. It's sad. It's just kind of sad. That was like my favorite thing when I was a kid. Like waiting for E3 and reading about that shit because it was like such a big deal. But like hope we're like purposely acting sick so you'd have the week off so you could watch all the trailers and stuff yeah. during the week. 
I yeah. totally did that. Totally did that when I was in middle school. <laughs> yeah. It's like <clears throat> I feel sick. I, I I need to I need like yeah. a good prescription of TB for twelve hours. Because <laughs> we dialed up our AOL accounts. So. Right. Oh, God, AOL. <laughs> oh, horrible flashbacks. Oh, horrible flashbacks. Um. I miss those days when like G4 was actually a thing. Like, yeah. was, like uh, gaming was actually on TV. Uh, G4 was sick. You remember G4? Yeah. Uh, Attack G4 of the was amazing. Oh, Attack of the Show. Attack of the Show. Attack of the Show. I loved Attack of the Show. Such a so, good, yeah. So Jared, with, with you having all those game systems and stuff, what's your what's been your favorite game to play with Harper? <laughs> She's been playing Dark Souls and Sekiro, man. Actually, <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. Oh, whoa! Oh, she loves it. She stands next to me, and every time I beat a boss, she's like, "Yay, we did it!" <laughs> <It's really laughs> that's amazing. She me die for like three hours, awesome. so when I finally get it, she knows it's a big deal. <laughs> so, does the Switch head out on tour with you? Oh yeah, yeah. It goes everywhere. I mean, I switch in my. Uh, 3ds pretty much come everywhere with me nice what's your uh what's your go-to package of games that has to be with you at all times um i don't know man i don't know if i have that i just usually whatever i'm playing i mean i have like now that dark souls is on switch like having that portable is, is a really bad thing for me because i can <laughs> go log into it yeah and like i just invade people all day like on airplanes <laughs> and stuck in it and I've been uh, 3DS. I've been playing that. I just started the new Metroid. I hadn't played that yet. It's it's actually really good. So Samus Returns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? And I think that did you get the collector's edition that had the soundtrack CD with it? Oh, what's that? Sorry. Did on the Samus Returns? Did you pick up the collector's edition that had the soundtrack with it? No, I didn't. I just got the disc or the cartridge. I mean, that uh, that soundtrack was actually really good because it did. It was like an anthology almost of all the Metroid games and a lot of the theme music. Oh, the music's sick. Oh, dude. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. And I think that Metroid um, 2 Samus Return, I think, was great because it, it remastered the original game, but and it felt a lot like Super Metroid. Yeah. Oh, it totally does. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Um, okay. I think they need to bring it out, you know, bring it out on the Switch, which... I mean, we'll see. At E3, they're saying that uh, this may be where we get that whole more portable Switch released. And I think that might be the nail in the coffin for the DS. I hope that they up the up the horsepower a bit, man, because it feels like a lot of the uh, crossover stuff is not. I, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't play Doom, but like Dark Souls for sure is super choppy. Like the remastered is super choppy compared to PlayStation and Xbox. But I mean, it's sick to have it portable, but I just feel like. Nintendo always makes the best content, like hands down, and their consoles are are always like the most durable. Like I don't, I, I went through, I don't even know how many Xbox 360s I had the Red Ring of Death on. I don't know if you guys. Have <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I luckily only went through one. Yeah, I, I got very lucky, but yeah, I had a few friends that like, dude, this is like my six Xbox. Like, bro, maybe it's time for you to like go to PlayStation or like try something new. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, I think I went through five or six too. Totally. Oh man, and like well, my it, stuff never does that. Like it's always great, but yeah. I just wish that they would go back to like kind of pushing the edge a little bit too on the horsepower side because I think that that is a true thing. You know, I think that developers care about that as much as Nintendo's like, you know, quality over whatever. But it's like I, 
you listen to developers talk and they specifically say like, yeah, we don't, we're not bringing this to switch because we spend all this time doing all this shit that we can't do over there. You know, it's yeah. kind of the same, like going into a studio and spending hours and then having someone buy an MP3 that's compressed all the cool shit you did. It's kind of the same, same deal, you know? Dense. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, they were talking about doing a switch pro quote unquote, yeah. um, but it's been delayed now until who knows when. So maybe well, that's just so Nintendo talk. PS5, right? So it's like now we don't know what if Nintendo comes out with a Switch Pro, it'll be two generations behind. Yeah, I mean, because you got at E3, we know we're going to see the two new consoles from Microsoft, which are going to be for that the next generation, um, and then we know that PS5 is on the horizon. Um, yeah. They're targeting. They're it looks like it's 2020 right? for that. What now? They're not showing it, right? I thought I read they were. No, they are. And that's the funny thing. We were talking about that last week, too, is, is like, what's going to happen to the entire space that Sony usually eats up at E3? I mean, it is a huge footprint they always have. And yeah, they take up be like a an third of that uh, yeah. west side. Yeah. But what, didn't, uh, didn't Nintendo announce that they're taking over that? They were taking over that space? I would be nice. I, I would hope so. I would hope Nintendo's so got enough they, stuff coming out this year. Yeah. They I think they spread they out quite a bit on yeah. their side anyways. Honestly, with you got Luigi's Mansion, Animal Crossing, um, Fire Emblem, um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. You know, you've got all of those coming out, so they're going to need to have those on the show floor. I got I got a suggestion that Square Enix might take over. Jesus. You know what? Hold on, though. I mean, for, that may not for be... being so salty last week... Like, <laughs> You shouldn't even talk. Oh, yeah. that that wasn't for me. That was from a uh, that was, was from that an from, anonymous source. Was that was that from our anonymous uh, source that you know we can't find good help with our new pe you know people we're adding to the podcast? <laughs> yeah, we love Jason. We do. Um, yeah. <laughs> we love Lions, man. Um, that wouldn't necessarily wouldn't be a bad thing because, like I brought up last week, is I think we're going to get some big announcements out of Square. We better. I hope so. I mean, we we better. <laughs> Sorry, dude. sorry, dude. no joke. I'm very salty with Square Enix yes. right now. Why? I, Why are you so salty? I yeah. want Final Fantasy VII. I want more info. I want at least a release date for the Final Fantasy VII remake game. I'm excited. I just You're not going to get it. You're not going to get it at E3. I guarantee you, you are not going to get it at E3. Switch on seven on Switch, which was kind of cool yeah. to like play Final Fantasy on on a Nintendo system, but. Yeah, I don't think that's coming anytime soon, man. <laughs> like, no, I don't think so. Either. <laughs> I think I think I, I honestly get... think like if if I if my hopes can at least be touched, like maybe for PS5, hopefully. It just sounds like, wrong uh, that you want to be touched a certain way right now. <laughs> I think um, I think we honestly we may. Help. I think we may see something for it, though, because they're following the same type of pattern they had with Kingdom Hearts 3 for last year. Great. Mm. Talk about another game that was like 10 years too late. Even though I bought right. it, played it, and I loved it. But is it seven, was <laughs> Is 7 your favorite Final Fantasy? Final Fantasy 7 is one of my favorite. I played 1, 2, and then... Um, yeah, seven, eight, nine, ten. You didn't play six or three? No, because I didn't have a. I actually didn't have a Super Nintendo. 
that's the one, man. That's like the. Yeah. the and the I was group. actually told I missed out. Like those okay. were those were the the ones to play. So, Jerry, this is what you do: you go out and get yourself a Vita. Oh God! Go no. onto the PlayStation Store and just go download them all. I don't buy expired tech, bro. I'm sorry. I mean, well, otherwise, <laughs> really, because the tech on the out to on. Richmond and go borrow mats. <laughs> as much as like I do appreciate hold the Vita, but like, yeah, man, it's not expired really tech though, because some of the tech that's in the Vita is better than what's in the Switch. True, and but yeah, Sony true. dropped it. Oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I'd say my my favorite Final Fantasy though is thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, yeah. I played okay. a lot of thirteen. That one was pretty good. Like thirteen was the last new, and I I mean fifteen made me want made me salty. Like there was like twenty seven versions of that game. So, so awful. Awful. With, totally with, agree. With fifteen. If you want to play the game without having like the super long hundred hour grind, just go pick up Pocket Edition on the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's got cute animation with it, but it's just, it's just fun and it takes out the grind. It's just pure story. You mean you didn't like the driving in that? Like the, <laughs> no, dude, the whole, <laughs> I bought the day one. It's so awful. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I like went through the whole thing and I well, all these hours and I kept reading. Oh, you're gonna love the driving. It's like you're hanging out with your friends. You're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, so terrible. <laughs> the driving was horrible. And okay, yeah. I admit I have the actual FF15 PS4. That was more because I'm a Final Fantasy fan than anything else. Um, yeah. And I have yet to even finish 15. Um, I'm about three quarters of the way through. Good luck. Pocket edition. Well, no, I'm playing it on pocket edition on the Switch. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, the that's going to be fun on the, on yeah. the plane though. Cause I'm going to have final fantasy 15 pocket edition to play for the trip out. I've got cuphead to play. Cuphead. Dude. Cuphead is amazing. I got a platinum. I got every achievement on that one too. That was one I grinded out. Wow. I've heard that's a challenge. The last yeah. achievement, you have to go through the levels without shooting anything. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, you, you can't get hit, and you can't shoot anything. So That's insane. How that's do you beat insane. some of the bosses and without shooting them? Only the just... only the side-scroller levels. Okay. Oh, okay. So I can see that. Cause... I have six or whatever there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Dude, yeah. it's insanely difficult. Like, <laughs> you're grinder, that's that shit's crazy. Dude, it is. It's fantastic. I love it. I was like, I didn't have, I don't have an Xbox, but it was like, that was one of the games I really, really wanted to play. So the second they announced it for the Switch, it got pre-ordered. Um, so, and then I also have to finish Into the Breach on the Switch too. I haven't played that. It is a for you being like in the classic games too. It is like the old school, like Final Fantasy Tactics, um, the old oh. school front missions. Um, right. You're basically trying to restore the timeline. And you've got three mechs. They each has their own abilities. You level up and everything as you play, and it's it's challenging, but it's it is a lot of fun. Um, and it was cheap too. It was like ten bucks. All right, cool. So it's yeah, definitely worth definitely worth picking up. So um, I got to drop that one. Which Shovel, one? Shovel Knight. I you know what I've been wanting to try that too. Okay, that game's amazing. It's like straight up, yeah, kind of like. A mixture of Mega Man, Symphony of the Night, uh, Super Metroid, 
with like Konami music with like Contra controls. Like it, they just took all of the best shit and put it in the sander shit in the shovel knight. It's amazing. It's one of the best games I've probably played of this generation. Did did you ever do the secret uh, fight? Did you fight Kratos in in, in, shovel, in knight? shovel knight? Yeah, I think so. I must have because oh, I got okay. everything that you could do in it. Okay. Hmm. Sure. I thought that yeah. was always. I thought that was super cool that they uh, they did like a secret fight that you could fight Kratos and but they called him something like the Spartan I think or something. Oh no, Spartan! Yeah, I, they definitely fight the Spartan. I didn't know. Yeah. That was- yeah, it was based off Kratos. I didn't. It was know like that. their nod to like God of War when it was coming There's out. Tons of like little nods all over the place in it. Yeah. There's like a couple Zelda things. There's some Metroid <sighs> stuff. Oh, that's awesome! Just, like, I yeah. guess I'm gonna have to go buy that on my account too. <laughs> Dude, it's like you um, won't be disappointed. Shovel Knight is amazing. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. The music alone is like straight up the good Mega Man Two like level mm-hmm. music stuff. The other, uh, the other one I'm looking forward to is Castle Crashers. That looks, yeah. I cannot wait for that to come out on the Switch. I love Castle Crashers. Out next month, right? Behemoth hasn't said what the release date is on it yet. So, uh, oh, I thought it was coming out this uh. pretty soon. Okay. No, it's I mean, supposed it's, to be soon. Yeah. But my Switch games are like Link's Awakening and uh, yeah. Marvel. Are you gonna, Jerry? Are you gonna Are you gonna get in on Animal Crack? Mm. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because don't, of you, I'm getting in on Animal. Do it. I, I yeah, don't dude. Do it. Talk <laughs> Talk about the Pocket Edition. I'm playing the. <laughs> so I think we actually lost. It, them. It's kind of addicting. Mm-hmm. Jared, are you going to pick up Animal yeah. Crossing? I, I don't do Animal no. Crossing. No. I haven't. <laughs> Thank oh, you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to try it out. I'm, I'm definitely going to yeah. try that. That in uh, uh, Ultimate Alliance 2 or 3. Dude, they announced the 27 characters that are playable today. Uh, there, there are 30 characters. Um, they announced 27 today. Uh-huh. So they're probably keeping three in the in the back pocket, but, uh, well, the pre-order we're getting, uh, we're, we're getting both versions of Spider-Man. We're getting Peter Parker and Miles Morales. Oh, nice. Sweet. And Spider-Gwen. Noise. Yep. Which the Miles so, Morales animated Spider-Man was mm-hmm. like really good. Did you guys see that? Yeah. Yes. Like really good. Spider-Man Sp- okay. into the Spider-Verse Honestly, was like one, good. not only like one of the best Spider-Man movies, I think that came out, Next to like Far From Home, but for, like for an animated, it was it was amazing. I think it's like one of the best Far From Home. You haven't seen Far From Home way up there. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I would. You haven't seen Far From Home yet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Homecoming. 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 Yeah, I. You know what? Spider Man and his Spider Verse gets watched daily. Because that's like Cody's jam right now. I know this because you watch it on my account. All the time, <laughs> it's on Mr. my Cody. account now too. I know it's on. I know it's, it's on, on your account, but it gets watched on mine all the time. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Among others. Um, so, Jared, what is your favorite console game of all time? Oh God, man, that's awful. Um, console game of all time. I'd, I'd probably have to go like five, four, or five because it's just being possible. But, um. I think Mike Tyson's Punch Out is definitely in there because <laughs> yeah, which for my life, um, definitely like bad respect for that choice. Yeah, <laughs> Final Fantasy three or six, whatever you know you want to fight about. Um, 
Uh, definitely like Super Metroid's definitely in there. Um, I'd say Dark Souls is definitely in there, and probably A Link to the Past. I think is probably in there. Like if I had to go to the island, like those five would probably come with me. Nice. Did nice. you? Uh, are you doing the Switch online? Yeah. That. So did you see that the um, Punch Out was last month? Was April's one of its its games? Yeah, I actually had an article when I was I went to college at Gonzaga, and they did this like uh, article on me because they used to be able to literally beat that game with blindfolded. So, like they videoed me beating the game blindfolded. No way! Story. Wow, <laughs> that's wow. awesome. It's just hours of nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> to and you had the timing down to, like to that point. <laughs> well, I mean, it's all the sounds, right? Like yeah, arm, yeah, yeah. If you like playing the sounds, you can just dodge it, but. Now that I think about it, yeah, you're right. You you kind of hear the the certain yeah. sounds before they do the punches. Mike Tyson was the only one you had to count. And like once you got past a minute seven, then he went to his normal kind of side thing, and you could take him out pretty easy. So <laughs> I I always <laughs> lost right there before Mike Tyson. I was well, like, so yeah, I, I look forward. I'm gonna play that on the Switch too, going out and. But uh, so the buttons are too close on the switch. Like that's the one complaint I have. Like the four little buttons. Like when you're holding, yeah. the, like like though I feel like those. Like I love the Pro controller. I think that's maybe the best controller that's mm-hmm. ever been made. But the, when you play the switch itself, like those four buttons over there, like I they're they're too small or it's too close. Like running and jumping and things like that, you get kind of a pain in the ass. I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually looking forward to there's a new accessory that's coming out. Um, I gotta remember what the company is, but it's like a mounting bracket that you're gonna be able to put the actual s- switch screen onto your pro controller. Oh, Ooh. yeah. I saw, um, I saw the pictures Ooh. of it. It looks kind of clunky and weird to me. Oh, does it? It looks yeah. a little bit weird, yeah. but honestly, it's the pro controller with the switch screen for portability. So, because hmm. like when. When Matt first described it to me, like the first thing that popped in my head was the NVIDIA Shield, which that kind of worked. Like it looked okay. I mean, they didn't execute it well, but with this weird, like, attachment to the Pro Controller with this, like, racket that pops up in front of you and you put your screen on it, it just looks really clunky to me, to be honest. Honestly, it looks similar to um, what Microsoft's been using for pictures to, to advertise Project X Cloud. Where you've got like the phone mounted like right there on the Xbox controller, it's kind of what it looks like, but for the Pro controller. So, yeah, um, so Jared, when you actually have time to hang out with family and friends for a game night, what what's your favorite game for game night? Oh man, the one that we've been playing. Do you guys? I don't know if you watch AVGN, Maker Video Game Nerd. Does anyone watch that? No. Nah. Oh, okay. Well, there was this episode about this game called Polybius. Like the backstory, basically, it's like this game that like that they thought existed, but they didn't. There was only like a couple machines, whatever, and like there was always this like kind of like gamer ethos where it's like if you found the Polybius machine, it would brainwash you and do all this weird stuff. So like, anyways, he went around and he found one of those machines, and after he found that, all these like indie developers started developing these, these like knockoff Polybius games. And there's one called just straight up Polybius, and it looks like a bullhead. And it's like it was made for a 3D thing, but it's super like neon kind of music, techno shooting, just an eyegasm. It's the most insane thing you've ever seen in your life. Like you guys should just download it. It's like four bucks. And it's on PlayStation, Polybius, P-O-L-Y-B-I-U-S. Looks like a bullhead. But we all just like, you know, sometimes we participate with a little devil's lettuce and sit on the couch and play that together. 
So nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. So where so Jerry, you know, as we kind of wind down for the next day, it's been a long, long day for you as well, um, being in the studio and whatnot. So why don't we uh let our listeners know where they can find you on <laughs> social media, um, as well as when they can next see you perform. Oh, well, thanks, man. Um, I mean, you can find me pretty much everywhere if you can uh, spell my name, which is a pain. It's J-E-R-A-D-F-I-N-C-K. So if you spell everything wrong, how it doesn't sound, that that's me. <laughs> you know, it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's all just slash Jared Fink, YouTube, SoundCloud, all that stuff. And, you know, like it's I'm, I'm the one that responds to everyone. I don't have like my label do it or anything. I sit there and I talk to everyone. I, I just really get into it. So that's how I met you. You know, same right. Way. I mean, you ended up awesome. I was looking back at our, our the history and stuff and it's like you ended up I don't remember what I posted back in January, but you ended up following me. And then you and I have just been talking since then. Yeah. And, I was just, and it's great. Searches of like whatever game I was playing at the time. And I think you popped up and you said something like oh, this guy's funny. So I followed him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've been I mean, we've known each other now for I mean, talking through Twitter and stuff for four months now. Yeah. Which is funny is you had started following me just after we had really started this up, even. Um, makes Twitter steady at this point, I think. So yeah, yeah, I pretty much do a lot more on Twitter than I do. I mean, I post occasionally to our Facebook page and stuff, but most of my stuff gets posted to Twitter. Yeah, me too. Facebook's like kind of the worst thing about Facebook, man. Especially as a musician, is they switched the policy like two years ago. Like you have to pay for every post, otherwise, no mm-hmm. one sees. So anytime I post something, yep. like I don't know how many like for I the have. promotion pages, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like twenty six people see your post. Like, would you like the rest of your followers to see it? And you're like, yeah, it's really. I get, oh, I get wow. emails about it. So Jerry, I get emails about it all the time. Since the Facebook page for us is just under my my normal account, yeah. But yeah, I'll get little advertisements, notifications. It's like, hey, for ten, you know, ten, fifteen bucks, fourteen hundred people can see this post. I'm like. Yep. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. and they do the same, and they're doing the same thing on Instagram too. Oh no! Yeah. So if you so if you make like a like <clears throat> public figure or whatever, it'll also make uh, you can do for ads and stuff to promote yourself on Instagram, but it also makes a business Facebook, so you can do the same thing on Facebook, just like, yeah. like he was saying. So like, I have one for for cgn and like i get bombarded with these ads and it's like oh you you've been getting a lot of attraction for your last post here's like 20 free dollars so you can promote yourself but you only have like 15 minutes in order to claim it and do it yeah it's it's super annoying so i can see you agree with jared's point on that one it's just it's annoying to have to pay to do that stuff it's awful so like i live on twitter and instagram pretty much anyways now and that's the next i'm like tour stuff like that's usually where i announce everything pretty soon man like we're probably gonna head out you know in the next couple months we just put this song out so we're gonna do the radio thing and like then i'll go drive around the country i'll definitely be in denver and that area again i always i always play there that's kind of a a big stop you need to you need to come out to virginia too props of being in denver props being in denver (laughs) Yeah, I like Virginia. We always play there too. Like we literally go everywhere. The only state we don't go to is Hawaii. So, well, I'll definitely when you get your tour dates, you know, I'm gonna I'll grab tickets for Virginia. We'll go no, out to it. Love you, yes, it'll be great. So, yeah, yeah, come see you in L.A. If you're ever in, well, obviously you come to L.A., right? Yeah, you're in L.A. I'm in L.A. at least a week every month usually. So 
Oh, sweet. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm in I live in Long Beach, but oh, sweet. That's that's a close drive. Yeah, my wife's from Orange County, so we're like always down there. Oh, right on, nice. man. Yeah. You gonna be down? Are you gonna be down in that area in in June? Oh yeah, totally. When are you going in June? I don't know yet, but like literally every month, I go for a week because I do like a writing oh, nice. week week there. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Well, if you're oh, if June, I was gonna mid-June. say if you're. <clears throat> The week of June 10th, if you're going to be, if you go down to LA, we'll have to get together and go grab dinner or something because we'll be there for E3. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you guys need an assistant to carry your uh, gear. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, the, yeah. Unfortunately, I lost my industry pass. Um, mm-hmm. So I basically have the the nice 250 gamer pass oh. now. But so what, to the public? I thought it wasn't. Yeah, right? it is. Is they opened now it to the public. public for the past two years. Uh, yeah. So if you so want like to, there's own tickets. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, you can totally tell like when they started losing like these studios and stuff like EA is when they kind of started doing the pricing, you know, public tickets and stuff. So they got to make up the revenue somehow. Um, but yeah, they, uh, Early bird, early bird was like 150 if you got it, and then it was 250. It's 250 for the gamer passes themselves. Um, gamer pass just you get in a couple hours later than the industry pass guys, um, but you get to go play all the games, stand in all the lines and everything. Um, it's made the lines a little bit longer, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, to play the games. I mean, it's open um, to the public now. <laughs> yeah, the industry guys don't care about the games that we do. So, <laughs> well, hey, I got I got industry pass. Ooh. Thank you very much. <laughs> so Ooh. he started it on me. So when we were at, <laughs> which is, um, which is we really were, silly that I even yeah. got it because I work for a bank. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's even funnier is we worked for a tech company in the customer service side of the equation for the the service accounts. Um, but because the tech company did some of the chipsets for some of the consoles, we were able to get in under that guy's. That's sick. <laughs> so we had industry passes. What twenty? I had them for 2014, 15, 16, and last and last year. I think I had, had mine just what one year before you. Yeah, because I tested I tested it out and I was like, oh, dude, this this stuff works. Try it out. <laughs> so yeah, we'll be we'll be at E3. We fly in. Theo and I will be flying in on that Monday, and then we fly out that Saturday morning. So if you're in town that week, yeah, down there we'll have to go grab dinner because there's a awesome barbecue place that we have to go to as a ritual <laughs> no our, our ritual uh, yes that's oh. our ritual as well as yard house is our ritual too we didn't do it last year though so uh, we did nick's biggie and yeah. uh oh, yeah and then we and then we did in and out at some yeah. point out oh my god so um i know you you and i were talking about too about like the scheduling and stuff so what gig are you flying out to are you able to talk about it? I'm going to say no. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure which one that is. I'd have to figure it out. <laughs> Man, it's like my, my schedule is like complete chaos, honestly. So because it is like, you know, we're, we're, we're doing like really well, but I'm not a, a large, like I'm not Beyonce, like level infrastructure. I've got like three people that work, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Three and two of those three are me, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Nah, so, well, I mean, it'll be good to get you seeing you back out on tour, and um, 
hopefully you're you're touring with someone like Sister Hazel or Andy Grammer too. That'll give you guys the the time you deserve in terms of the setups and everything. Yeah, that's kind of the big deal. It's like you, you have to go with people that at least give you respect that not sound like garbage, you know, before. But no, we, we have a good team, man, and, and everyone we tour with now is kind of like on board. Like we all get along, we all work together, so it's pretty cool now. We know who to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> we won't we won't talk about that in case they decide to. Uh, hey, we really would like you to come out on tour with us. That we were watching a podcast. God, Jared's a dick. So <laughs> right. So. Um, Jared, I want to say, you know, absolutely, you know, once again, thank you for crashing game night with us tonight. Um, for all our listeners, definitely um, check him out on iTunes, SoundCloud. Um, his Twitter account is kind of entertaining sometimes, <laughs> um, just with all the different posts, and especially when he gets going on uh, Sekiro. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and if you like uh, what you heard with our podcast, please just make sure to uh, let us know. Do those reviews. Um, follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, also, don't forget to follow us on our Crashing Game Night channel on Apple News. I want to say everyone be excellent to each other and stay frosty. Later, nerds. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. This was awesome. Oh, it's our pleasure. All right, everybody, have a good night. All right. <laughs>